Today's heat check is brought to you by Brilliant Earth. Brilliant Earth is the global leader in ethically sourced fine jewelry. Create your own custom engagement ring or choose from their unique designs made by master jewelers and enjoy free shipping on all U.S. orders from now until February 3rd. You will receive a complimentary pair of diamond studs with the purchase of an engagement ring. To see terms on this special offer and to shop all of Brilliant Earth's selections, go to brilliantearth.com slash ringernba. Welcome to Heat Check. I'm your host, John Gonzalez, joined as I am every week by my producer, Isaac Lee, who, Isaac, good morning. I said something to you and immediately it went over your head because it was a reference about Top Gun, which is a movie from the 80s. And as we've long established, anything pre-95 is is (laughs) out the window with you. I mean, I, I have watched Top Gun, to be very clear. I've watched it, but I was way too young, so I don't remember any of the references. Mm. Uh, I believe you said, talk to me, Goose. Yeah, I said, talk to me, Goose, and you said, why'd you call me Goose? And I immediately looked for something sharp or even dull to cut myself, <laughs> because every time I come to the ringer, I'm constantly reminded by how, how much older uh. I am than everybody else who works here. But that said, happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day to everybody. We have a full slate of NBA games today as you listen to this. Some of them might have already happened, but we appreciate you listening to Heat Check. As always, we encourage you to please rate and review us and all of our fantastic Ringer NBA shows and pods. And uh, we have lots of great content up on the ringer.com. We've got KOC's picks for the 2019 All-Stars. And he also explains why the selection process needs changing. Amen to that. We've got our staff updating our NBA trade deadline tracker. There's all sorts of juicy rumors and reporting in that that we update regularly. Plus, I want to give a big shout out to the Ringer NFL crew and the Ringer NFL show. Kevin, both Danny's, Mays, Roger, they're all killing it. Respect to them. Ringer shows, recognize Ringer shows. I want to say congratulations to Isaac yeah. uh, and everybody else in LA for making the Super Bowl. Woo! Very exciting. I know how it feels. It was I was there last year and it was great to watch. And I want to say on behalf of everybody here at the Ringer, mm-hmm. I think I speak for everybody. Yes. Every single person. Go Rams. Yeah. I can't, I can't handle it anymore. There needs to be like an act of Congress where they just say the Pats have to disband or we're going to sell them to the CFL or something. I can't handle Boston anymore. I want to shutter the whole city. Go Rams. I'm all fired up today. Don't get fired, bro. Don't get fired. It's going to, I've got more hot takes that might get me fired a little bit later. Uh, Later in the show, Haley O'Shaughnessy will be here to break down Lonzo's latest injury. Boogie's return, Russ and PG's seasons, and also the ongoing drama with the Mavs and Dennis Smith Jr., who's going to be back in the mix this week. But first, we're going to start off with a little spice, and for that, we need the spice maester himself. Boom shakalaka! He's heating up! He's on fire! All right, joining me in studio, one of our favorites from Binge Mode, from NBA Desktop, and now... From the critically acclaimed, taking the world by storm, flat circle. Wow, we're acclaimed already? It's amazing. All the critics love it. It's Jason Concepcion. Hello. Did you solve the mystery yet? I've only seen episode one. Do you already know who did it? No, I don't know who did it, Mm -hmm. but I have a lot of uh, tantalizing theories about various things. Not really who did it yet. Who you did just it? want to break everything on uh, on Heat Check right now? No, I don't want to break it yet. All right. But I have a lot of theories. All right. We'll, we'll save the theories for the flat circle. 
I brought you in though because you're the perfect person for this. So I've been thinking like everybody's talking about votes for all star games, mm-hmm. and KOC's got a piece up on the ringer.com about his all stars and why the selection process needs to change. And Simmons has talked about it. Everybody's Blow doing all stars. Blow it up, KOC it's, would say. Of course he would say that. And I like that. And I like that. But this just picking straight all stars is is not really on brand for Heatcheck. Of course. So we've decided to switch it a little bit. Let's go. We're gonna do our all drama all stars. Oh, first ever. Let's do this. It's very spicy. You're our senior spice correspondent. Thank you very much. So uh, we didn't really decide what the format is here, but what we're going to do is we're going to pick five all-drama all-stars. We're going to have a coach for the team. Yes. And we're going to have an executive or uh, an owner. I can't wait. And, I, and we, we didn't coordinate beforehand. We did not. We didn't even talk about, like, do we have to do it by position? I did my by, by position. You did not. I just did it by heat, by pure heat. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So uh, you're the guest, so you go first. You, you pick your first all-drama all-star. First pick, LeBron James. He's been the center of the NBA universe for, you know, a decade now. Everything he does creates a stir. He can't talk about a player without it being potentially tampering. Uh, (laughs) His predilections for wine become news. He was recently Instagrammed by his wife, baked. (laughs) Hi, at home. Is that right? I missed this. And it was delightful. We're constantly wondering what he's going to do next, what he's up to, who he's trying to bring to the Lakers, who he's tampering. I have to pick LeBron James because we're always talking about him. This is a good one. He was at his kids' basketball game recently, and Simmons was also there. The kids were playing each other. We were getting some heated slacks about LeBron being at the game. It was incredible. He is everywhere, and this is good because you're right. He's kind of like the human sounding board for the NBA. Yeah. Like, no matter what he does, whether you like it or you don't like it, there's going to be people who pick sides. Yes. Uh, he now has got the shop. Got the, the shop helps with that because he, he had uh, Drake on there. Shouts to Tommy Alter. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. So I like this one. This is good. He didn't make my list. He he ended up on my four because I broke mine down by forwards. I like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I went point guard, shooting guard, forwards, and center. <laughs> And he made my others receiving votes. Uh, I like it. I like Um, it. But I'm going to start with a point guard. Let me hear it. I'm going to start with a point guard. Uh, So others receiving votes before I reveal mine. Thought about Markel Fultz. That's an obvious one. Fultz is like, it was really hard for me not to pick Fultz, but (laughs) I've had so much Fultz talk in my life. He could be back in the lineup any moment. He, could, he can't. He went to the game, the OKC Incredible. game. He just materialized out of nowhere. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Still, still not playing. Still out there somewhere. Uh, maybe hurt. Maybe not. Russ. Russ is always a good Russ contender for point guard. So angry all the time. So uh, as Embiid pointed out, because Embiid and he got up into in his it. Feelings. He said he's always up in his feelings. So somebody asked him, "Hey, are you guys cool?" After this, fuck and he, no. He said, he said "Fuck no." And I'm like, great. "Fucking love Russ." Dennis Smith Jr. Latecomer, he's supposed to return to the team. Thought about him. I like it. I, you know, power play. Got to force that trade. I guess he's coming back. 12 uh, points a game, three assists, three turnovers. <laughs> got to have that. He's, he knows he needs to be on the floor. As just sort of like institutions, I had CP and Rondo on my oh, list. That's great. John Wall. Really, I could have had a whole team of Wizards for the All-Drama the All-Stars. Wizards is like... But I didn't. I didn't go that way. My Tell pick me. for point guard for my all-drama all-star, Kyrie Irving. Oh, I did, I did it too. Kyrie Irving uh, made my list. So he comes out and he goes, the young guys are coasting. Fucking young guys. They don't know what it takes to win a championship. No expectations uh, from last year. It's different this year. They I shouldn't be it. cool with having a five seed. Then he called your guy, LeBron, to say, I'm sorry. I, you know, it's hard for me to talk about, you know, because uh, I had to call LeBron. It's really amazing how many yeah. things he said recently that like rocketed him onto this list because it's I'm not amazing. sure he would have made the cut 
And then, like, as Embiid would say, he's way in his feelings lately. I love this. I love it, too. I love it because as content producers mm-hmm. here at The Ringer gives us a lot, a lot of things to talk about. I think it's fucking hilarious. I don't play for the Celtics, so it makes it great for me. Here's what I think was interesting. And this is a don't get fired moment, but I'm going to do it anyway. I had a good, If I got fired and this is the end for me at The it's Ringer, okay. I had a great run. It's been a lot of fun. But so Simmons and House are talking, and Simmons is talking about how he wants Kyrie to stop talking. What does he have yes. to gain? Bill, you run a media company. You don't play for the cell. We should be like encouraging. We should be sending him fruit baskets to keep talking. It's fantastic. I picked Kyrie as well for all the reasons you mentioned. Uh, we're not even really going to get into the flat earth thing, which is like a whole, amazing. whole other thing, which he has come out and sort of denied at various times that he ever really believed that. He believed that. Come on. It's the best. I love when he talks. Well, I just, what does he think happens when you go to the edge? Are we on the edge? This is something I want to know I, about. Like, wh- what's on the other side? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many questions that nobody has asked him when this has come up. So this is a point of contention in Ringer World. Yeah. Because I love that shit. I, love I, it. I mean, like, obviously, I, mean, I don't. It's, subs- it's despicable, but I love it. Of course, of course. But there are people who we work with that this really aggravates them that Kyrie keeps bringing up this kind of stuff. And when he says stuff like the flat earth <laughs> stuff, they get actually bothered by it. Or I'm just like, no, man, like put another <sighs> microphone in front of him. Let him spew whatever he wants. Yeah. And his recent comments about the young guys. I personally, this dalliance with LeBron's legacy and taking stock of his time with LeBron in a really kind of self-aware way is really interesting. You'd never see this happen with guys of his stature, with players of his stature go, I really fucked that up. But more than that, if you really put all the little things he said all together in a row, he had that comment maybe about a month and a half ago when they were in one of their mini swoons about how, you know, what we need is a 14, 15-year vet. To really stabilize this. Number one, Al Hor- Why is Al Horford? Yeah. Why, what is Fuck Al you. Horford not Fuck doing? Fuck you, Al. <laughs> Fuck you, Al. What is Al not doing right? right? And second of all, it's like, so you need LeBron James. And now all of a sudden, here he is apologizing to LeBron. It's all very, very interesting. Isn't I mean, it? are we going to see Kyrie be like, well, I, I appreciate it now. I'm going to go back and play with LeBron again. I mean, there. this has been something that a number of people in basketball media have brought up recently. It. And I think, like, on its face, I'm like, well, that's just fucking batshit. And then I go, but the thing is, if you thought about, like, what it's LeBron could batshit. use right yes. now, he could really use a Kyrie and vice versa. And it's so ironic that Kyrie sounded yes. like LeBron when he was he really spewing did. all this stuff. Well, he learned at the feet of the master. And also, I have to say, the reports of the other side of that phone call came out where it was reported in The Athletic that LeBron was with Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when the call came in. The director of Nike and, and some <laughs> other people. It's like, how staged can this be? I don't care. I like it all. I still I want all love it. it. I, want I love it, it even though it's staged. And But it all makes sense because he learned at the feet of the master. LeBron is the king of these little moments that become narrative drivers that were in fact staged by LeBron James. It's fantastic. I'm here for all of it. I I have a position staked out here at Heat Check-In at the Ringer. I am pro-drama. That's why we're doing this. One more thing. Kyrie, one of those players that LeBron mentioned after the whole hullabaloo, after the Anthony Davis tampering thing when he was like, ask me about uh, this player. Ask me about Luka Doncic. Ask me about Kyrie Irving. Ask me about, you know, on and on. One of those players. So, some mutual attraction there. Let's get the band back together. I'm in. All right, give me your next one. Jimmy James Butler. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) 
like you've got to watch him up close now. Uh, you've really got to get the full Jimmy experience. Mm-hmm. He's already destabilizing the team in in subtle but interesting ways, challenging Brett Brown. Yep. But was you know that was all that was fine. There was, there was nothing uh, aggressive about that, even though that became a story. Yeah. And uh, apparently sources within the locker room were like, wow, that was aggressive. Yeah, aggressively challenged. To the point where Brett had to come out and say, well, I asked them for their opinions. I asked. That's, I opened the floor. That's very much Brett. Brett will take the heat. I opened the floor. Ten, I asked them. That's a good Brett. I opened the floor. And I said, does anybody want to call me a son of a bitch and uh, <laughs> question their role in the offense? I asked for it, guys. <laughs> I put it out there. <laughs> I want them to just shit all over yeah. me. No, 10 times out of 10, Brett will take the heat. Yeah. He's like, that's the kind of human he is. But yes, Jimmy Butler, not surprisingly, also made my all-drama all-stars at forward. Others receiving votes in that category. I thought about Andrew Wiggins because he's just like, he's not the drama, but the drama swirls around him. Kelly Oubre get away from the and drama. Otto Porter, uh, previously in Washington. Blake, I thought about Blake Griffin. Blake is good. Because of the Balmer incident where he just like sprinted into the fucking locker room he and said also, it wasn't him. He just see is also just so salty right now. So. He's just really pissed. Like he went at uh, Yovan oh, recently. Oh yeah, he did. Was, uh, shouts to Yovan about reporting that story and intimating that he like looked off Steve instead of his story. I was just going through my, my normal warm-up routine. It, Clearly. So I didn't get to ask you about this. Do you buy any of that? No, because right after that, another reporter asks him, so if you had seen Steve not during your warm-up routine, would you have shaken his hand? And he was like, I'm not going to answer that question. So, yeah, Come on, I man. I mean, it can be both things, yeah, right? Like, it can be both things. Right. Yes, he does do this for his warm-up routine. Yeah. And yes, he also saw Balmer and was like, fuck that. And, I, and by the way, I'm pro-Blake in this. Yeah. They we're like, you're a clipper for life. We're going to blow it out for your free agency. Here's the museum that we made of your whole career. You changed this franchise, and then seven months later, they traded him. I'm 1,000% with you. I love him giving Balmer heat on that. I love it. You're going to be petty and go into the locker room. I'm 1,000% here for that. I I like it. But yes, Jimmy Butler, he was like my number one guy. Has to make the list because he would have made the list just for what happened in Minnesota. Yes. And now there's other shit in Philly. He's a two-team all-drama all-star. Beating Wiggins and Cat and the first stringers with, like, the janitor, the, like, <laughs> the, the cafeteria person and whoever, that is legendary shit. Yeah. And the fact that he is still making news in that vein is so really good. incredible. He's what, really what a amazing. guy. All right, I'm going to go to my next guy, to my shooting guard position. Yes. Others receiving votes in this one. I had Don Mitchell for all his rookie with Simmons stuff. Yeah. I thought about him on Shumpert because he wanted to fight Nurkic. Oh, wow. He decided he was going to fight Nurkic, and Nurkic was like, this guy should be thinking about retiring. Nice nice for Amon <laughs> to get on uh, some kind of all-NBA list once in his I, career. I thought about it, but there weren't a lot of options here yeah. until our once and future king reemerged. Dion Waiters. Oh. Dion Waiters comes out of nowhere. He missed the start of the season with an ankle injury. Sure. Put on a significant amount of weight. Put on a, a lot of weight. And his fifth game back, he plays 12 minutes in a blowout to the Bucks. right? So they're like, uh, hey, Dion, what do you think about this? Do you think you need to be patient with your comeback? And his response was, fuck patience. Yeah. I'm going to get back to my regular self. That's right. My next step is being back in the starting lineup. That's and right. they said, oh, well, you know, you're going to bring this up to Spo. And he goes, I ain't saying nothing to nobody. He was back. <laughs> his fifth 
came back. He played 12 minutes and he's like, fuck this. I need to, I need all the heat check I can get. Now he did end up having his best game after that, but I just love Dion waiters literally coming yes. back off of injured reserve and just being like, I'm firing fucking shots up. I'm firing shots both literally and figuratively. I'm throwing them at my teammates, at my coach. It. Just heat. I'm not saying nothing to nobody except these reporters here with the <laughs> microphones. You don't get off the island unless you make a little noise. I love Dion Waiters so you gotta much. You got to get off the island. It's a great pick. I'll pick my shooting guard as Please. well. I had to go with John Wall. You're putting John Wall at shooting guard. I'm gonna, I like it. Because I got Kyrie and John Wall. So okay, it's yeah. Like double a, double a, back court. Yeah, I double like back court. Yeah, yeah. So I got to go with John Wall because my guy is just going through it right now. He's going through some stuff right mm. now. His teammates hate him. <laughs> with every fiber of their being the way they play when he since he has been injured yeah having his surgery and recovering from his surgery and not playing it's like Bradley Beal is a man unchained a weight has been lifted it's unbelievable it's wild to watch him just like free running up and down the court being almost a top tier superstar level guy really just He's looking like it. an absolute competitor and then you have John Wall who is slated to make a zillion dollars, like the GDP of Bulgaria <laughs> over the next two years <laughs> so is great. not, is not playing put off surgery is like uh, Instagramming from a hot tub talking about, I'm going to do what I want to do, which is absolutely do what you want to do. Cause I love the content. I just think it's amazing. And you know, the wizards just an incredible team for, the amount of talent they have, which is pretty, they have a decent amount of talent. Yeah. But they can never put it together because they all fucking hate each other. Hate each other. And John Wall is always at the center of it. They've won six of their last 10. They do seem like they're playing with like a burden that's been relieved. The Ewing theory needs to be the John Wall theory. It's really great. As everybody who listens to Heat Check knows or reads The Ringer, I love the Wizards. Because they're so dysfunctional. If I were a Wizards fan, I would be less enthusiastic about it. I am not, however. And that's why, like, it was very difficult for me not to make every single person on my team a Wizard. Because you could just pick, you like, could. it's you the, could go right they, down. Are, they are so great at it. And, and it never changes. Every year is the same thing. It's been like oh, this for 15 years. This guy's years. a complete <laughs> asshole. I hate him. So-and-so's doing what they, they talk about it on the record. Earlier this year, after a loss in Sacramento, they were throwing shade at everybody. Everybody was catching elbows. It was just fantastic. There are kids getting ready to take their SATs that have only known this yeah. for their whole life. Yeah. It's amazing. It's fantastic. Never change Washington. All right. So I've got uh, Kyrie, Dion Waiters. We already talked about Jimmy Butler. So my other forward position, and I, I talked about the others receiving votes. I thought about... Mario Hazonia and Giannis because of their, their nut punching incident. <laughs> and KD as well. KD nar narrowly Ooh. missed the cut because KD is sneaky all drama. He's right? Like he wants to pretend like he's not about that, but he's always got stuff going point. on with somebody. That's a great point. And it's not just like Draymond and like, you know, it happens with CJ and previously with Russ and like Block Boys. Like he's always got something going on. But I ended up going with with a classic person, Draymond. Draymond's got to make the one. all the great all drama one. team. He got into it with Katie. He got into it with Carr. He wanted to punch Tristan Thompson in the face. Sure. Instead, they ended up face, among us face mushing each other. Yeah. Remember last year with Dennis Smith Jr., where he was like, "You're never going to dunk on me," and then he dunked on him. He got pissed about it. He's an all drama, all star Hall of Famer. That. He's got the great Invisalign commercial. I have Draymond on my list of almost guys. Mm. I did pick KD. You I, did? I love the Draymond. Oh, I, love I love the Draymond pick. 
the KD pick I love because, as you said, he's just incredibly passive-aggressive, and he's just always in the mix to be making news. He's just one of these guys where he's bound to come out with a Instagram or a tweet or a comment within the next few weeks where it's like, Y'all don't respect what I do. Yeah. And it's like, what? what? Who do, who? You're amazing. Everybody who, thinks you're fantastic. Who, who, did, who doesn't respect what you do? What are you talking about? <laughs> Nobody, nobody's, uh, nobody's talking about me for a defensive player of the year. Listen, Kevin, what, what did I ever do? Why is nobody talking about me for MVP? That is true. That is an actual thing that is really strange that people are not talking about him. 28 points a game. Second best player on his own team. I (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) But he is just a very, you know, a very sensitive guy. Gets very aggrieved very easily. Will get very pissed that people don't respect him and don't respect Kobe randomly. Yeah. He's just always in the mix and always a threat to come out hot in some Instagram comment thread somewhere. My favorite thing from him being dramatic this year was after the whole Draymond thing went down and he was asked about it a lot. He said to whatever reporter that asked him, don't you ask me that again? Yeah. Here's just some free advice for athletes. The number one way for you to get a reporter to ask you something again is to tell them not to ask. It's very tough. It'd be like asking Kevin Durant to stop taking jumpers. It's kind of the job. I would purposefully (laughs) ask it again for that reason. It is kind of the job. Like, you know? that's the whole thing. And also, if you don't want anybody to ask you about you fighting your teammate, don't get in an argument with your right. teammate. Just start there. So it was, was it bitch or pussy that he called you? Call him a bitch. Kevin? Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Tough stuff. Tough stuff. Uh, right, that's your five. So then here is my center. A lot of options here. Ooh. I had Carl Anthony Towns was a possibility. That's a great one. But he's low key also. He's like sort of passive aggressive. Like when you have to have your former college coach Call out Jimmy Butler on your behalf. Yeah, that's unfortunate when that happens. You know, like when you're, oh, oh yeah, can you pick this fight for me? Thanks. Cat's been killing it, though. Cat's been killing it. He didn't make the list. Uh, Boogie, he could, Grandfather Claus, he could have been on there. Nurk, because he, he said Shump is just going to retire soon. And then Embiid was really hard for me Embiid not to go incredible. with. He's incredible. But I ended up going with your guy on this one. I went with Enos Cantor. Oh, man, this is like international relations so, drama. So he complains to the media about not playing enough. Assassination drama. He complains to the media about not starting. He complains to this, uh, Nick's GM, Scott Perry, about all of that stuff. And, and then That's he says, all normal, by the way. And then he says that Scott Perry said, I'm a very, very good player. Then he says, <laughs> which was just amazing. He says, I was going to be an all-star this year. You were. That's fantastic. You are well, now. You're an all drama all star. I gotta say, look at the East. I mean, it's, it's just like, like I was like, I fucking have... love Cantor. Yeah. But when you decide that you're going after the president of Turkey, and the president of Turkey comes after you, you call him that freaking lunatic, and you can't leave the country. I mean, you've got international heat. Unbelievable. Yeah, all the stuff with like, I'm a good player. I should be playing more. That's all par for the course. The stuff with the f- him being involved in international politics to the point where— Can't go to London. He can't go to London because forces, the Turkish security forces, could potentially snatch him up and throw him in jail. Where and he or would, maybe assassinate him. And where we would never hear from him again. That is all like a legitimate thing that could happen. And also like— Incredible shouts to our guy, Hito Turkoglu, who is now the mouthpiece for a dictator. Really tough stuff for the Hito fans out there. Hard right turn for (sighs) Hito. Hard right turn, kind of like little goose step into the fascist lane. Like when when you're like, like not only only, uh, endorsing authoritarianism, but speaking out on its behalf, something's gone terribly, terribly wrong. 
But this is real. Like all the other drama we were talking about for this team, yeah, was like kind of fun, like wink and a nod. This is real shit that Cantor's dealing with. I gotta say, so the charge is that Cantor, because of his support for the Gulan schools and Fethel Gulan, who is a Turkish national who is who currently resides in Pennsylvania, and yeah. has, uh, opened a network of schools across the country and across the globe, because he is accused of helping to foment the coup that took place in Turkey a few years back. And because Cantor supports those schools, Cantor is thrown in as like a co-conspirator of a coup, which, listen, Adis Cantor, subpar defender, good offensive (laughs) rebounder, good low post scorer, kind of a throwback player. A guy who's going to start a coup in your country, I I think it's a stretch. A little bit of a stretch. I think it's personally a stretch that Enos Cantor is like a point man for a coup. That's just me. He can't even plot his way off the bench, let alone plotting a coup. Like, yeah. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, but I love Cantor, and that's, as drama goes, I think, like, hard to beat. Let's do our coach, and then we'll do our GM slash Coach, uh, owner. Uh, recently soft extended coach of the Chicago Bulls. Nice. Jimmy James Boylan. <laughs> the guy looks like a thumb. I, I, I just love this guy. So good. It, uh, it took zero seconds for them to mutiny. Zero seconds to the mutiny to the point where they had to like form a governing, the players had to form a governing body, mm-hmm. a leadership council, which it was half the team. I need to understand everything about how it works. Is it bicameral? Are there two, <laughs> are there two houses Within the leadership council, uh, how many votes does is it just a pure straight democracy? Is there a chairman who has a veto? I need to know much more about the leadership council, which was enacted in response to the despotic regime of James Boylan dropping Gimme 20. Two and a half hour practices with suicides. <laughs> Let's do it. And my favorite part about this, this is a great pick. Comparing himself to Pop like an hour and a that's, half after getting the job. He's like, I'm Popovich. And they're listen, like, you Pop, are not. Pop does this all the time. Pop does this. I was texting with him and he told me he does this. <laughs> uh, we, he, nobody cares when he does it. Boylan was on my list. Scott Brooks, just because he he run, <laughs> presides over that poor shit show. I really like Scott Brooks. Great dude. Rick Carlisle's always got something going on. If Thibodeau was still employed, he would have gotten it. I'm going to go with Dave Yeager. Dave Yeager just trying to get fired. Is a salt salt master. Picking fights with the front office. The salt lord. My favorite part about that was he talks about how leaking is bad (laughs) by (laughs) by allegedly, presumably leaking anonymously to another media outlet about leaking is bad. It was so fucking meta. It was amazing. My favorite recent Coach Yeager thing is when he was asked about Luka Mm -hmm. and why the Kings didn't take him took Marvin Bagley part three instead. He said, well, you know, I guess we thought that there was a ceiling on Luca, which clearly is not the case. That's unfortunate for us. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, like and then oh. later had to come back and be like, but, uh, listen, did I, what, uh, do people saying that like I'm unhappy with Marvin Bagley? Why or would you even think Why that? Why would you think that this guy is going to be the next uh, KD? When you see him as Kevin Durant next to our Russell Westbrook, people are not, are not going to be saying that. It's Wow. Isaac Lee, can I get a the Baffling Kings here? The Baffling Kings took Bagley over Luca. What are the chances of Marvin Bagley being the next KD? 
super high, I guess, uh, evidently. Before we do our GM and owner, while we're talking about All-Stars, it's time for NBA All-Star voting. And this year, it's actually easier than ever for fans to vote because you can vote just by searching on Google. Just search for your favorite player or team, and you can vote right in the search bar. You can also search on Google to stay up to date with live scores and view upcoming game schedules. The All-Star game is February 17th, and voting runs until January 21st. That's today. Fans can vote for 10 players a day, so go vote on Google. All right, now we get back to our last one, our GM or owner. A lot of potential candidates here. A lot, a lot, a lot of candidates. You tell me who you got. Man, this was tough. I initially thought about Ernie Grunfeld, mm-hmm. the man who has the most secure job in the United States of America. I'm going to stop you right there. That's mine. It's Ernie. <laughs> it's automatically Ernie. He's been the GM forever. They haven't won... Forget about this. It's like, like a Supreme Court nominee. Like, he cannot be fired. Who will lose their job first? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, clearly. Or Ruth. fucking Ernie. I don't know. Clearly, Ruth. It's, unfortunately, for the country. I don't, I'm not sure. Ernie's been there 15 years, and there's no signs of him ever stepping down from this job. They have not won 50 games during his tenure. In fact, they have not won 50 games in 40 years. It's absolutely fucking batshit. Like, he gets it forever for me. Ernie Grunfeld, and that whole shit show with the three-team trade where it's, he was like, like, that is wild Chris, shit. I mean, Chris Wallace could have gotten it as well for this. But Jesus, Ernie, I, you should go to Ted all the time and just say thank you. He Every could, day you should say thank you. He could shoot a person in the street and Ted Leonsis would be like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. He's, he's, he's been still, doing he's, okay. He's hanging in there. He's been doing okay for us. I mean, have you seen John Wall? John Wall is still on the team. Over the last 15 years, it's he's incredible. been doing great It's unbelievable. All right, so that's mine. Well, who do you got? So I thought very seriously about him, and I think that's a great yeah. pick. I went with Robert Sarver. Oh, you did? Who's been coming I on. I thought you would have gone Dolan. Now, well, listen, Dolan. He gets a Lifetime Achievement Award. He gets award. a Lifetime Achievement Award. He's been quiet lately, except for that profile that came up in ESPN.com lately. I'm going to go with Robert Sarver. Just it's a good one. Simply because he's agitating for funds mm-hmm. for a new arena. And says he's, oh, well, I'm not going to move the team. Uh, using much the same language that uh, those of us who remember the battle for Seattle and the Seattle Sonics recall. Very, very similar language to the stuff that Schultz and the ownership committee of the Sonics once used. I put him up there because of that and because it's not often that you see someone get absolutely roasted by a senior citizen in a, in a, in a city council <laughs> meeting. So great. And for that to become news. Robert Sarver got put on. Torched. Absolutely. Bla- he got put on blast. He got raked over the coals, barbecued, flambéed, whatever you want to say. He got roasted by an elderly citizen of Phoenix who objects to his plan to use public funds to update the arena. And it's just a thing to behold. I would I would urge anyone who hasn't seen it to Google it because, man, she absolutely murders this guy. And, and was also party to that three-team trade that was a, a fucking disaster with Memphis and Washington and Ernie Grunfeld. Really unbelievable He stuff. gets around Robert Sarver. Good for Robert Sarver. He was a dark horse candidate. He was on my list. Back in the news. I, w- I would have thought, you know, like Mark Cuban, could he could get a Lifetime oh, Achievement Award. Glenn Taylor would have been a good one. G- Glenn uh, Taylor is great. Robert Sarver, though, is a good one. That's our first ever... Yeah. Keep check all drama all stars. Expert job by you. Thank you. Uh, check out binge mode. Watch NBA Desktop, which is just fucking fantastic. Watch Flat Circle with you and Chris yeah. Ryan. Anything else you want to plug? That's it. TheRinger.com, a great website. It's a great website. You're the best, Jason. Thanks for doing Thank this. Thank you. All right. That was Jason Concepcion. Uh, before we get to Haley O'Shaughnessy, a word from our sponsors. 
Today's heat check is brought to you by Microsoft Surface. The new Microsoft Surface Pro 6 can help you get things done. Whether you're on the field or running a business, take Brian Arakpo and Michael Griffin, two former NFL teammates who have opened a cupcake shop. I've seen the commercials for this. I want to go to this cupcake shop. With the Surface Pro, they can do everything they need from setting schedules to creating promotions for social media and designing new flavors. Plus, it's light, super fast, and has a great battery life. Brian and Michael are proving you can tackle all your passions with the power and speed of the new Surface Pro 6. Today's Heat Check is also brought to you by Hotel Tonight. The winter is a great time to check out Hotel Tonight, whether you want to take a spontaneous ski trip or escape to a warm beach. Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book a room with one of their last-minute deals. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. That's how Hotel Tonight scores such incredible rates. They team up with awesome hotels to help them sell rooms and pass the savings along to you. And these aren't last resort type places. Hotel Tonight works with cool, top-rated hotels you actually want to stay at. This is true. My wife and I were in Rome. We didn't get a hotel for some reason because we're idiots. And Hotel Tonight came to the rescue. We had a great spot. And unlike other travel companies, you don't have to scroll through endless lists of hotels. Hotel Tonight shows you the best deals at great hotels, along with short profiles that have pictures and all the info you need. Even though their name is Hotel Tonight, they're not just for last-minute bookings. You can play things by ear or use Hotel Tonight to book in advance. And when you join Hotel Tonight's HT Perks program, the more you book, the better the deals get. To start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels, go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now. All right, joining me in the studio, staff writer, also uh, group chat. He don't, what do you guys call like your individual roles on group? You need like a nickname for group chatters. Chat. You should be in content <laughs> production. That's exactly what it should be. The group chat chatters. Haley O'Shaughnessy's here. Hi. Hello. How are you? You write all kinds of stuff all the time, including you just wrote a piece about Lonzo Ball. He's out four to six weeks. He's got a grade three left ankle sprain. As our resident medical expert, grade three. I mean, that's as the grades go, that sounds pretty bad. Sounds like we should lean heavily on the six weeks. He's going to be out. You have a story up. Are the Lakers playoff hopes kaput? You don't see kaput out there very much anymore, but that's in the headline. That's props to Justin Barrier. Props to Justin Barrier for dusting off the word kaput. You (laughs) mentioned no LeBron, although he's supposed to be back soon. No Rondo. You tell me, are the Lakers playoff hopes kaput? So right now, they are the ninth seed. As we do this right now, they are just out of the playoffs at 25 and 22, a half game behind your LA Clippers. Right. So let's assume that LeBron and Rondo come back this week. Mm -hmm. I guess not assume, let's be optimistic. Yeah, I think that there's a chance of that happening. Okay. For LeBron, I haven't seen him out this long in a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if this has to do with exhaustion severity or a little mix of both. If it is severity, then he's going to need to be worked back in. Same with Rondo. So not immediately off the bat. I mean, there will be relief. It won't be the same Lakers we've had to deal with since Christmas, Mm -hmm. but they're still not going to be full LeBron strength. Right now, they need LeBron. They need Rondo for playmaking. Without Lonzo, it's like, let's do point Ingram, I guess. Which, by the way, last year, that was the best Ingram we've seen, period, was when Ingram was running point Ingram. Right, but I don't think that's like a good thing to take out of this. I don't. I'm not sure you can be optimistic. No, in this no. I mean, I, there's just not enough behind them. No, no. They they definitely need Lonzo, and I I don't want to make it sound like I'm optimistic that he went down. That, quite the contrary. Just to your point about 
you know, when Ingram got to run the point, that actually, like, he looked pretty good doing it. Breaking but, news, Gans hates Lonzo. Right, I hate Lonzo. Lonzo to fail. I will say, and, and this, is, this part is true, right before we started doing this particular segment, and I said, Lonzo's out four to six weeks. Our esteemed producer, Isaac Lee's response was, yeah, Lakers missing the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but here's my counterpoint to that. Yeah, I got it. Of any two players in the league, who do you want leading you back second half of the season? Of any two players? Okay, maybe you if you pick out of the entire pool, you don't want Rondo. But think about all the times that Rondo has saved teams unexpectedly. It happened with the Bulls, their first playoff oh, series. I see where you're going with this. This guy can lead them back. And plus, like following LeBron, like he could pick up and take any team. No, nah, LeBron's lead them washed. Into the playoffs. LeBron yeah. is washed. <laughs> Jesus Christ. LeBron's not washed. He's dealing with a groin injury. I, um, He's washed. I think this has gone completely off the rails. <laughs> I I have been out. Yes, I understand that Rondo was good last year. And I understand that he has these things where every time you he count him out, spurs. he flares up and you're, he's like, you're like, and oh, else, shit, Rondo's back. Who else back. do they have to do that? Who else do they have that has that veteran experience in the playoffs, leading a team back, can be the playmaker? Yeah. Nobody. I, for me, I just go, it's, it's a very simple equation for me. LeBron comes back equals LeBron makes the playoffs. Like, he doesn't miss the playoffs. They're going to be fine. But how long can you last? How long can you gamble with him not being in there and you'll still make the playoffs? I think he's going to be back this week and then they're going to make the playoffs. I, 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 yes, it, it hurts that they lost Lonzo, but as with all LeBron teams throughout history, as we've seen, the only thing that matters is, is LeBron on the court. And he's going to be back. And, and I the think three teams ahead of them are the Spurs, Jazz, and Clippers, respectively. And... One of those, it seems like, will be shaky enough to fall out. I agree. Before we get on to the rest of our topics, uh, I want to remind you about the NBA Watch of the Night. we got a full slate of games on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, I'm going to pick out the Golden State Warriors at the Los Angeles Lakers on TNT. It's the final game of a full day. The Warriors have been in L.A. for five days. I was out there at practice the other day, and Steve Kerr said that uh, he unpacked his bag on a road trip for the first time all year, and Boogie is back which I think is very interesting. And we're going to get to that in just a second. And also, like when LeBron went down, Kyle Kuzma has really taken off and played really well. And I think that that's interesting because Dan Devine loves to bust my balls about things. Like I wrote this piece about the Spurs and the Cavalry not coming for the Spurs. And immediately the ringer curse kicked in and they were like really fucking good. Dan Devine wrote a piece about Kyle Kuzma basically just being a scorer. And since then, Kyle Kuzma has been like all world everything. So Dan Devine, the ringer curse rides again with you this time. But anyway, be sure to check that game out tonight. Maybe Kuzma just reads Devine all the time. Maybe he, he does. Like, he was motivated. He really has a point. He does have a point. Be sure to check out the Warriors and Lakers on TNT. And remember, gang, if you want to watch every NBA game, subscribe to NBA League Pass on NBA.com, Amazon, or your local cable or satellite provider. As I mentioned, Boogie is back. I went out to practice. He looks thinner. His movement wasn't crazy great at the practice that I was at or at the shoot-around that I was at. And I didn't think that he looked particularly mobile or athletic in that game, that dunk and the stink face aside. But he looked good overall. Mm-hmm. 14.6 rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block. He had three threes. He only played 15 minutes in that first game. They got a win over Isaac's Clippers. I think on the whole, it's going to take him some time to get his athleticism back. But given the injury and the fact that he's a big man, definitely better than I expected. Well, first of all, he's never been somebody who's particularly spry. Yeah. He's always been a little bit heavier, and I think that was the main concern when yeah. he tore the Achilles. 
Achilles. Achilles. Or I mean, sure, if you want to put a little flavor on it. Making fun of me the other day. I think it's Kentucky Achilles. Okay, when he tore that, I mean, that's a huge concern. Don't let them throw shade at you for that. Like you gotta just like just just run right through it. Like coming on. Don't let the other chatters keep you down. (laughs) You just you do you. I think that the way that he plays, how he has multiple options on offense, he's got a unique skill set, especially for a guy his size, will help him out in the meantime. For when he's getting yeah. back into shape, he can spot up on the three. We saw that right away, which is really exciting. Cram had that stat that Boogie's three made three pointers in his debut. Before that night, every other starting center for the Warriors since 2001 had combined for two made three pointers. That's just starting centers, but still, that's crazy. So it's nice that they finally have that. Um, he's a good passer. He's We saw him pass multiple times yeah. to cutters. That was good. He's going to open them up still. He doesn't necessarily have to be like this rim-running center. Yeah, I mean, look, he's better than Kevon Looney, right? Like, <laughs> it's it's pretty simple. And I think that, uh, so Paolo was out at practice with me, and he brought up a really good point because Steve Kerr had said that Boogie would probably be trailing on a lot of plays as he's trying to, like, work back. And right, get his because they do have a fast and pace, and he's definitely not equipped for that as is. Right, and and as Paolo pointed out, he's like, well, you know, he can't shoot the three. Maybe this will work. And I'm like, oh, that's a good point, because they can play five out with all their guys, and he doesn't have to be, to your point, this rim-running center who's, like, hyper-athletic and, like, throwing down dunks and whatnot, although he did his first basket. He was super excited to get that easy pass and throw a dunk down. How do we feel about incorporating him off the court? Because that's also an issue too, right? I mean, like you've got now not just five all-stars on your team Mm -hmm. in the flow of an offense. You got to make sure everybody's happy and getting all their touches and like what's their usage rate. You've also got five very different personalities. I that's not a concern for me at all. No, you're not. I I understand that that in the past he's been very passionate, but I think he totally understands his role. This is a big opportunity for him. They're giving him this chance. They're saying, you can come in, do this for a year. We can't afford you next year. You should get more money somewhere else next year anyway. Come in, play for us. We'll give you minutes. Mm. Like We'll let you have your image back to what it was, maybe a little bit better because you'll finally be a championship player. We'll show people you're healthy. But this is very much them giving him this chance. Yeah, and I think he realizes that, They don't need him to win. Look at what they were doing before. The game before he joined, they dropped 51 points on the number one seed in the Western Conference in the first quarter. Yeah. They don't need him to win, but I think he definitely understands that they are giving him an opportunity to better his image. I, I, uh, you know, whatever the season is going to be, is going to be. But the part about he's going to go somewhere else next year, good. I hope KD goes somewhere else next year. (laughs) I want to break up the Warriors in the same way that I've had enough of all things Boston. Barreling towards the inevitable Warriors championship is like, it makes me sad and tired. You know, honestly, I just want Kevin Durant to be happy. Yeah. And part of me thinks that ah. he's never going to be fully happy with the Warriors because I think that it really bothers him, this stigma of you had to go to this championship team to win. So I want him to go to the Knicks or go wherever and team up with somebody else and start over and prove that he can do it. By himself. JC just roasted him and said he's not even the best player on his team. And I was like, ah, I like it. Yeah, he's not. It's tough. So it's tough for KD. Uh, all right, I want to talk about a couple other things here. Here's something. All right, who's the best player on OKC? Oh, it's Paul George. He's having a killer year. He's down. OKC had a big win over the Philadelphia 76ers on Saturday. PG had a game-winning three, and he was fouled. He had 31 points that night. He made all 11 of his free throws. He had four of nine from deep. He's a killer on defense. Let me ask you this, Haley O'Shaughnessy. Why aren't we having a little bit more PG MVP talk? Oh, I think we were. I mean, it was coming, but it's just kind of quieted by Harden, which makes sense it should be. I mean, Harden's having an insane run right now. I think that the 
Paul George conversation is most interesting contrasted with Russ. It, it, re- is. it really like, is. Because I do think that he is should be included in MVP conversations, not necessarily as a front runner. He's real, uh, on Basketball References MVP tracker, they have him 10th, which is like... That does seem a little low. They've got, I mean, but then you think about the guys that they have ahead of them. They've got Giannis, Harden, Kawhi, AD, KD, Steph, Jokic, Embiid, and Braun. Um, I was waiting for Braun. I was like, wait. And Braun just ahead of him. So, but like within the team dynamic of like, I think it's really fascinating that Russ, you know, OKC is Russ's team, right? You know, KD leaves, uh, Harden gets traded away previously. Russ is the last musketeer standing. He has to convince Paul George to stay. He throws the party. Nas comes in. And then all of a sudden you turn around and you go, oh, Russ isn't having a very good season. And Paul George is fucking killing it. I think it can still be Russ's team from a face forward, from a face, face of the front. franchise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he has to be the guy on offense. And it's funny he's because not the actually, guy on offense. no, he's not. And he shouldn't be when, until he inserts himself as it. Like, it's funny that four point play that Paul had to save the game. Russ had fouled out. So he wasn't yeah. an option on that last play. He fouled out with like 15 seconds left. So Paul George was the guy by default. Now, when they lost to the Lakers in the fourth quarter, I don't even think Paul George shot it. Yeah, he didn't take a shot in the fourth quarter when they lost the Lakers and Westbrook went one for eight. And Paul George finally got a shot like a couple minutes into overtime. So you you mentioned those two performances and I think they're important because like the season that Russ is having shooting the ball is incredibly bad. He is the worst deep shooter at the volume he's shooting. It's really and bad. And that is a long list of guys. Yeah, so he's scored 21 points against the Sixers on 21 shots. He was one of six from deep against the LeBronless Lakers, which they lost that game at home. He had 26 points on 30 shots. The time before that, earlier this month, when they played the Lakers, he was 3 of 20 and 1 for 7 from deep. He's shooting 23.9% from and you know three. what's weird? It's incredibly bad. Is I th- I'm pretty sure they have another three-point shooter on their team is really good. Oh, yeah, it's Paul George. I mean, Paul George last year was their best three-point shooter, both in terms of percentage and volume out of necessity. I He's don't, the best three-point shooter this year. He is. And and the problem, like, okay, it's hard for me to say, like, I'm not sure that's the best role for him because look at the way he's playing and how good he has been. Part of that is out of necessity because they need that, right? They don't really have any other marksmen's. They don't have, like, a J.J. Redick type who the only thing that person's he's supposed to do shooter. is, is his, hunt his shots. Role, yeah. Right. So they need somebody to hit three-pointers, and Paul George is their best guy at it. I wonder if, like, no, nah, I mean, like, I guess, I guess, like, you know, the season he's having is the season he's having, but clearly part of the function of Russ being so bad at this year, he's shooting five three-pointers a game and making, you know, fewer than 24% of them, is that they don't have a lot of other people to take those threes, and they need them to. So it's a little chicken or the egg for me with Russ where I go— you know, you need somebody else to help him so he doesn't have to do this, but he's also doing it and he's hurting them. I understand what you're saying. I don't even necessarily think that that's the conversation I want to have. Okay. I think that you, he doesn't Tell need, me the conversation that Haley wants to have. He needs to be the designated three-point shooter in crunch time. Yeah, I think let, he is, right? Let Rush shoot through it the rest of the game. Honestly, I'm fine with that because eventually something has— It can't be yeah. 23% the rest of the season. But it's funny that I'm saying that because— I was reading Royce Young's recap of the game, and he brought up how—do you remember those Gatorade commercials that PG had when he he was a pacer, and it was like, no overtime tonight? Yeah, 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 yeah. they made fun of him for it. Yeah, and he made a buzzer beater. Well, that's the funny thing is that he missed so many buzzer beaters. He didn't make a single buzzer beater as a pacer. And then all of a sudden, 
Not one. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And then he's done it twice this season. And it's funny how I almost completely have put that out of my mind because Russ has made many buzzer beaters, but Paul George is clearly the guy to take them. So I'm making a face now because this is a good point, but I wonder like, do you think that Russ would ever like cede that authority to him? Because I, it's hard for me, like when they're both on the floor at the same a, time. I don't think it's authority as in like a pride thing. I really don't think it is. And that's why I totally understand all the Russ defenders and I sympathize with them. I don't think it's Russ saying like, you don't deserve the shot. I deserve the shot. I'm the guy on this team. I genuinely think that he believes he is the best option yeah. to win and he just wants to win. Yeah, I think so too. I, I don't think it's like malevolent. But I do think it's it hurts them if you have a choice between Paul George taking a shot, basically at any point in the game, but yes, specifically in crunch time or at, a, at the buzzer, or Russ taking a shot. Like it's a no contest. Statistically, you need yeah, to the, go with the Paul The percentages George, yeah. are pretty obvious here, and the numbers are pretty obvious. All right, last thing I wanted to run into with you was the Mavs and Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis where, Smith Jr. <laughs> is supposed to return to the team on Tuesday. He's expected to play after much much drama. He had missed six games with a, quote, illness. And during that time, ESPN reported that there was productive communication and that the Mavs were willing to be patient and fix the situation, at least temporarily. Rick Carlisle apparently reached out to Dennis Smith Jr. in a phone conversation and expressed, this is according to uh, The Athletic, and expressed remorse over the situation and made clear that he's been a positive presence for them. Are you buying any of that? And this is a weird situation. This whole thing makes me really uncomfortable. Why? Just because... We're not really exactly sure where this began, right? I can't trace this back to patient zero because I'm not sure okay. if it was Dennis Smith Jr. being unhappy because those reports came out or was he unhappy because they were sitting him? Were they sitting him because he was unhappy? Was it because of the trade, which is what makes the most sense that they were looking for a trade? They didn't want to risk an injury. They decided to sit him and then he was unhappy with that decision, right? That's yeah. what logically makes the most sense. Still, that's all very uncomfortable because now— I mean, his trade value is nothing. You see a young guy who is talented, but you see him and he wants out. If that's the case, you cannot get anything back. I'm not him. sure. I'm not sure that that's that's true. Like, what could I, you get back for a guy who's obviously not happy? Would you do faults for Dennis Smith Jr.? I would. Why would you do that? That is nothing. It, it's, that is it's nothing. a trade for wait. Nothing for who? It's nothing for the Mavs. I do it for the Sixers. I'm just exactly. saying like— Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, nothing for the Mavs. No, from a Mavs point of view, what are you going to get back? If Fultz, this guy who has not played basically his entire career— I'm just trying to find no a way for Fultz out of play. Philadelphia. Exactly. Um, but there, but so exactly. The Magic and the Suns were rumored to be interested in Dennis Smith Jr., which I think would be good for those two teams. If I'm the Mavs, though, I'm not ready to give up on this just yet. He's only 21, and like, yeah, Luka does everything he does better with the exception of like just being athletic and— being able to get to the rim and like super fast and throw down dunks. Like Dennis Smith Jr. is better than Luca at that. Otherwise, everything else Luca does is better. But I'm not ready to give up on those two as a pairing and a young backcourt. Like having Dennis Smith Jr. playing off the ball and just being athletic and being sort of like a very poor man's Russ, like that could work. No, absolutely. Like they shouldn't give up on him yet. I don't think so either. I don't think it's worth dealing him now and trying to what, like accomplish this win now mission that obviously will still be in play next season. But the point of this all is, is that they did decide that or something went down that they were sitting him because those illnesses were bullshit. And so like something did happen. Maybe they did decide to give up on him. I don't think they should have, but now they have to retract that and they're trying to make nice. And it's just all very confusing because it's like, were you going to trade him? Well, so the, uh, 
the Mavs and Carlisle are kind of trying to put it on Dennis Smith Jr.'s camp. So in oh, last week on ESPN Radio in Dallas, Carlisle went on and said that uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is a team guy. He loves being with the team. And he said that he thinks that his advisors told him to stay away and that it was a, quote, businessy situation. So are they and definitively saying that it was his choice to sit? They're not definitively saying it, but he said, don't judge him too. This is Rick Carlisle saying, don't judge him too harshly for this situation, that he was getting bad advice. And <laughs> I think that's interesting for a number of reasons, because Rick Carlisle, as we saw with the New Orleans Noel situation, will stick a guy in his doghouse and leave him there and be happy to do it. Him apologizing was unique. Very unique. And like for him to say, like, the we Mavis want him back. The organization apologizing was unique. Saying that there was productive communication, that like, he expressed remorse and apologized. Like, that's not very Rick Carlisle. No, so, and it's very strange to me that, like, Rick Carlisle will go out on a limb for Dennis Smith Jr., but supposedly they're going to try to kumbaya this thing on Tuesday. I just wonder how sustainable it is. You know, it's interesting. Paulo and I were talking the other day about which young core we'd rather have. He texted me about the Mavs or the Hawks. And, like, when he texted me, uh, he was leaning toward the Hawks. I was like, are you okay? You take are you the Mavs because okay? it's Luka. Are you, like, everything good? But his point was that the Mavericks don't have much of a core. They have 1.5 guys because we're not sure where they are on Dennis Smith Jr., right? And it's kind of interesting about what they see themselves as. We definitely know what the Hawks see themselves as. A team of the future, maybe like four or five years down the line. I don't even want to say three years because they have this mm. core of super young guys who need so much work and still need other pieces, everything. With Dallas, they so clearly have their guy. Nobody's arguing that. But are they, like, not anymore focusing on getting young guys? I don't, I, I'd still—I mean, for me, it's a very easy equation. Oh, I totally, equation. I totally I, like, take the Mavs. I, I don't need to, like, do too much math on this one. I just take the Mavs because they have Luka. Before we let you go, because you have a lot of stuff going on, what about Frankie Smokes for Dennis Smith Jr.? <laughs> Both sides get a new— a new start, a no, fresh start. I, I would 100% rather have Dennis Smith. I would too. I, I feel bad for Frankie. He's a really nice guy. No, yeah, I'm a really nice guy. I'm not in the NBA. That's true. But like he's trying to be a good soldier and it's just such a fucking shit show there for him. So maybe like you yeah, switch. I feel bad for him. You switch shit shows. Before I let you go, you did a great piece. You went to, you, you were traveling. You went to Washington. You spent some time with Tomas Sadoransky. I highly encourage everybody to read that piece. But the reason why I brought it up, aside from it being very good, you didn't escape room. I hate escape rooms. They're <laughs> difficult and weird. And how did, did you like it? Had you done it before? Uh, yeah, I did one before. Uh, and that's what gave me the idea because the whole, like, the idea behind Sadoransky was that he's a great teammate. And so in escape room, you have to work together. It's all very cliche. But I was like, I don't know, maybe there'll be something fun out of this. But the thing is, is like with NBA players, they're very busy. Great they access. They have a lot going on. So I didn't think he'd ever want to do it. His agent was like, I don't know, he's European. He usually just wants to get coffee. Yeah. But he was totally down for it. And he was actually really good. And he's like this hyper-competitive guy. He brought his wife and his brother. And they were hyper-competitive. And they were figuring everything out. And of course, the whole time I'm like taking notes. But halfway through, I was kind of like felt bad about it and kind of pivoted to just helping us escape. Did you escape? We escaped. Nice. Look yeah. at you guys. Congratulations on happy that. Ending. Uh, happy ending. Go read that story. Anything else you want to plug? Nothing. She just like blinked at me. Uh, be sure to read Haley O'Shaughnessy on theringer.com all the time. Search my author page every day. And check her and the other chatters out on group chat on Thursday. Haley, thank you. 
All right. Thanks to Haley. Thanks to Jason. Thanks to Isaac. Want to remind everybody to please rate and review us on Apple. And uh, don't forget, we got NBA shows all week for you. We've got the mismatch on Tuesday, group chat on Thursday, corner three on Friday. Isaac and I will be back for Heat Check next Monday. Thanks for listening. Yang. Bye.